You're listening to the Whole Vineyard Podcast. To find out more about the Whole Vineyard Church, go to wholevineyard.co.uk. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion, and instead of your disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance, and so, You will inherit a double portion in your land, and everlasting joy will be yours. Good morning, welcome. It is so good to have you with us. My name is Josh. For those of you that don't know me, I am one of the pastors here at the church. I have the privilege of sharing a message with you this morning. Uh, We have just started a new sermon series. Last week, John kicked us off. It's called an Isaiah 61 community. What we're going to be doing in this series is spending time camped in Isaiah chapter 61. And we're really going to be kind of putting some tracing paper over the top and tracing out what it means to live as an Isaiah 61 community. Do Do you remember tracing paper from school? Do you remember like art class, tracing paper? Maybe it was just kind of me in the 90s, but um, full disclosure, I am terrible at art, like embarrassingly bad at art. I'm a disgrace at art. And the one thing I was good at in art class was tracing over stuff. And I know what you're thinking, that doesn't really count as art, but we'll agree to disagree today. But um, tracing paper, I love it. Tracing paper, for those of you that may not be familiar with it, is used to, you put it over uh, a design or or a blueprint and it's used to accurately replicate that blueprint or that design. It's used to trace over an image or a drawing or, or a map or something so that you can imitate it and then transfer it. And in this series, our blueprint, our artwork, The design we're tracing over is the person of Jesus found prophetically painted in the artwork of Isaiah chapter 61. And all we're going to do today is we're going to take verse 1. We're going to take verse 1 and we're going to begin to trace it out and explore. What does it look like to become an Isaiah 61 community? What does it look like to allow the scripture that so defined and marked Jesus' life and ministry to to influence and, and mark and begin to define our life and our purpose? What will happen to our city when we begin to live out and walk out the incredible, powerful, potent verses of Isaiah 61? 
And my sermon title, really simply, if you're making notes, is this four characteristics of an Isaiah 61 community, really as found in verse one. We're going to explore this over the next few weeks. But if you've got a Bible, why don't you just turn to Isaiah 61. We're just going to read verse one. And this is what it says. It says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. So in Luke chapter four, as Jesus launches his ministry, this is the passage that he reads in the temple as John expounded last week. And he quotes this passage as being fulfilled in that moment by him. This passage, first and foremost, is about Jesus. These verses are are Jesus' mission. These verses are Jesus' mandate. This is Jesus' job description. This is his game plan. This is his purpose. And even more beautifully than that, this communicates Jesus' heart. You know, when God came to earth in the person of Jesus, he didn't come to shout at us. He didn't come to punish us. He didn't come to admonish us. He didn't come to reprimand us. He came to let those that are poor know that there's good news. He came to care for the hurting and the broken. Jesus came to serve and to bandage. He came to heal and to bring freedom. He came to seek and save those that are lost, those that are far from God and bring them back to their father. This is the heart of God. It's the heart of God to step into brokenness and pain and to usher, and to usher into our fractured and fragmented reality, a new world, to usher into our present reality, a new way of living, God's kingdom, to restore all things and make things right again. And church, as it is for Jesus, so it is for us. As this is Jesus's mission, it has to be our mission too. And let me say before we jump into it, that our world and our city have never needed an Isaiah 61 community, a church like this, reflecting these verses like they do right now. There's never been a time where our world is more in need of good news. There's never been a time in living memory where more people have been collectively more brokenhearted than the season we find ourselves in. There's never been a time that more people have been held captive and bound by a fear or addiction or or anxiety, or worry, or financial strain. There's never been a time where more people are living in darkness than they are right now. Church, this is our time to live in the Isaiah 61 mandate. And so what does that look like? Well, I've got four characteristics, four reflections. My first one is this. Isaiah 61 community is spirit-filled. As you read the passage, What's the opening line of these verses? The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. This is where it begins. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. Everything else in this stunning scripture flows from this line, flows from this moment. The spirit of God is on me. This is the source. This is the foundation for the rest of the entire passage. Everything about Being and living as an Isaiah 61 community has to flow from our life with and relationship to 
the Holy Spirit. And Isaiah 61 community is not just about doing good things. It's not just about pursuing justice. There are millions of organizations that do a lot of good things in our world today, pursuing a lot of different good causes. Many of them reflect the heart of God. But guys, what sets the church apart is that the Spirit of God is resting on us. Everything we do and think, every, every action, every ministry, every, every moment, every thought is permeated and punctuated by the presence and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We were designed to operate as human beings, as followers of Jesus. We were designed to operate entirely out of partnership with, submission under, and response to the Holy Spirit. And we see this played out in, in the New Testament, in Jesus' ministry. Just before Jesus kickstarts his ministry, he's baptized. Remember that moment when the, the Spirit of God descends on Jesus like a dove. And then in Luke 4, he reads this chapter and he says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me. We see this, don't we, in the birth of the church when Jesus commissions his disciples and says, go make disciples of all nations. And, and you can imagine the disciples are so pumped in that moment. And then Jesus says, well, just wait, wait, wait. Don't go just yet. You, you need a helper. You need power from on high. This is a co-mission. You're not designed to do it on your own. You're designed to fulfill the rest of your calling in relationship, walking in step with the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit. And so if we want to live as an Isaiah 61 community, if we want to fulfill all that God has for us in our time, if we want to lead our city into freedom and justice and healing and life, if we want to welcome our city home, then everything we do has to be saturated with the power and the presence of the Lord. Everything we do. And this means that we say no to some good things because they might not be God things. This means that we follow his leading instead of running out front on our own. It means we walk in step with the Holy Spirit. It means we pursue the issues that are on his heart, not just the ones that are on our hearts. It means we dream big because we're not restricted or limited to human issues because the God of the impossible, it has his hand on our shoulder and we walk under his anointing. Every part of our lives is open to the moving and the breath of the Holy Spirit, we're completely submitted to him. So let me ask you a question this morning, a challenging question that I've been asking myself this week. Is this, how is your relationship with the Holy Spirit? How is your relationship with the Holy Spirit? I wonder if some of us watching today might think, what do you mean relationship with the Holy Spirit? How do you view the Holy Spirit? You know, the Holy Spirit is... Not like a force, like Star Wars. The Holy Spirit is not a pet. The Holy Spirit is not a genie or a magic fairy. The Holy Spirit is not an experience that we have, not that funny feeling in our tummy. The Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is a person. Think about it like this. My name's Josh. I am a person. Pastor John Clark is a person. Lizzie, who hosted so brilliantly this morning, is a person. The Holy Spirit is a person. And this is really important because I heard a preacher say just last week that it's impossible to have a personal relationship with someone that you don't see as a person. I mean, you don't have a personal relationship with your lamp in your living room at home, do you? And if you're saying, well, I do, 
get help. Jesus, throughout all of his teachings, constantly kind of referred and taught that the Holy Spirit was a person, a friend, someone that counsels us and walks with us and guides us and, and anoints us and marks us for ministry and fills us with his love, and his presence, leads us closer to the Father, reveals Jesus, the Holy Spirit, is a person. And we are called as an Isaiah 61 community to be people of the Holy Spirit. My second reflection on this passage is this, an Isaiah 61 community is anointed, but also appointed. In the, in the passage, it says this, the spirit of the Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me. Notice the word because. Guys, our experience and encounters with the Holy Spirit always lead us closer to those that do not know Jesus. Anointing is for an appointing. Power is for a purpose. In our church, we're not interested in being a kind of uh, encountering God in this building or, or even online and then not doing anything in the world. We're not interested in being a holy huddle. See, what happens in here when we gather, when we tune in online is designed to empower us to do the works of ministry out there. It's designed to propel us out in the world to do the Jesus stuff and live the Jesus way as a famous um, vineyard mantra, I think it was, which said the meeting place, which is when we gather as a community, even online, is the training place for the marketplace. In other words, church isn't somewhere you go on a Sunday, as we have learned so well and so beautifully over the last year. Church is about who you are. It, you don't just go to church, you are the church, you live as the church. The spirit of the sovereign Lord, let's just read it again, is on me. So why does the Holy Spirit come on us? Because the Lord has anointed me. To get an anointing really means to be marked for something. So the Holy Spirit comes on us and we get marked and we get filled with a commission to go and do something, which is what? Read these verses. To proclaim, to bind up, to proclaim freedom, to release from darkness, these are words of action. The anointing is for an appointing. These are words of action. These are verbs. Or is it adjectives? I always forget, but I did an English degree. But I think they're verbs. They're doing words. Verbs are doing words. These are words of action. Sometimes, guys, we forget the anointing and we try and do stuff on our own, live out of our own strength, and that doesn't work. We can so easily operate out of a place of striving and struggle doing life on our own. I have been there. I've been there in life. I've been there in church. I've been there in ministry, relying on my own strength, and it never works. I become detached from relationship with the Holy Spirit. But then sometimes we can love the anointing, but then ignore the appointing. We can forget that we're called to do incredible things for Jesus, that God has prepared in advance for us. We can easily move to a place of apathy and eventually spiritual atrophy. We can get frustrated and disillusioned. But when we fulfill our appointment out of an anointing filled with the Holy Spirit, get out there into the world, living like Jesus, loving like Jesus, saying yes, we then step into God's story. We step into his life. We begin to walk in step with him and then every day becomes an opportunity to lead our city back home. 
anointing is for an appointing. Let's explore what this appointing is. My third reflection is that an Isaiah 61 community has news to share. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me. What's the first thing? To proclaim good news to the poor. Guys, in a world of relentless bad news, are we aware that we carry news that can bring real life and transformation and hope? We have just finished uh, an alpha course online that I led with, uh, with an incredible team. And it was remarkable to see people responding and um, saying yes in real time to the, the good news of Jesus as we shared it with them over a number of weeks. And a whole bunch of people gave their lives to Jesus at the Holy Spirit night last Thursday. And it was stunning. And I asked one of the ladies who just gave her life to Jesus, literally just, just over a week ago, to share with me the reason why she gave her life to Jesus. And this is what she said. She said, going to Alpha was like aerobics for the soul. <laughs> you just love that. It was hard work. It was so thought and question provoking. In the end, I said yes to Jesus because I couldn't not say yes to Jesus. I had to. I had been resisting the inner need for God for years, despite the hole in my soul. He just became someone that I really wanted and needed in my life. The Holy Spirit was, night was fascinating. Listening to the stories of people's encounters with the Holy Spirit made me think, I want that. How good is that? So what comes to your mind, guys, when you think of the gospel, the good news of Jesus? For many Christians, the gospel is, hey, give your life to Jesus today and you'll go to heaven when you die. It's like a golden ticket out of this life for the next. The problem is, the gospel is far bigger, far more stunning, far more beautiful than that. It is far more than you get to go to heaven when you die. It's not less than that because that is true. We get to be with God forever. There is an eternal hope that comes when we say yes to Jesus, but it is far more than that. Did you know that Jesus preached the gospel? In Mark chapter one, we've got the scripture up. It says this, after John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God the gospel. The time has come, he said, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news, the gospel. So the gospel, according to Jesus, guys, is that there is a new world on the horizon. The atmosphere has changed because the king has arrived and the king is bringing with him the kingdom of God, God's rule and reign everywhere he goes. The gospel is more than going to heaven when you die. It is an invasive, pervasive, whole life encounter that brings transformation and new creation, resurrection life to every part of our world. The kingdom of God is at hand. This is the good news that we have to share with our city today, that actually Jesus is close. The kingdom is close. You can encounter him. You can say yes to him. He can begin to slowly but surely invade your broken and pain-filled life with his resurrection power. It is a new birth. It is a new relationship. It is a new story. The kingdom is the gospel. How do we get into the kingdom? Well, the gate is narrow. It's through the life, death, resurrection, ascension of Jesus Christ. We put our trust in him. Our sins get covered by his blood and his life. 
But then when we're in the kingdom, there's a whole new world available and we can begin to step into God's story, the story he is writing. And I believe for every single one of you guys watching, God wants to use you to share this news. God wants to use you. He's got appointments for you. He's got opportunities for you to share his love, his presence, his good news with those around you. I heard this story of one of our fresher students this week. It's what he said. I've been chatting to my mates all year about Jesus. They've slowly been taking it in. So often the way, slowly getting to a point when they're like, there's something in what you keep sharing with me. I'm not sure what. Last week, this student gave it to God and said, God, I need you to move. I need you to give me a divine moment and an opportunity. He said it was 2 a.m. in the morning. And I was like, all the best conversations happen at 2 a.m. He said it was me and a couple of flatmates and just felt God say in this moment, get ready. So he was ready. Share the gospel. And he's walking with a friend and he said, hey, look, we've talked about Jesus a lot, but can I just share the full story? Can I share the gospel? And this guy said, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this, uh, our fresher said, as he shared it, his friend was confused, interested, intrigued. He said, I would love to believe, but I, I can't quite understand. So our fresher said, hey, well, look, can I pray for you? He took him to the kitchen. He put a hand on his shoulder. And he welcomed the Holy Spirit. He said he felt something. This friend, he said he wasn't sure what, but it was something inside and it wasn't bad. He couldn't describe it. And then he gets invited to church and he's coming. How incredible is that? So you are anointed to share news. We're in lockdown at the minute. We're slowly going out of lockdown. And you know how it felt when you would tune in to watch the news, desperately hoping there would be an announcement of some good news that would take us out of lockdown or some good news about the vaccine working. People are even more desperately waiting for news about the gospel. They just maybe don't realize they're waiting. Salvation is available. A new world and a new hope is here. We have news to share. And it starts really simply, guys. It starts with, hey, come to church. Hey, can I, can I pray for you? Hey, I've never told you this before, but I'm a Christian. I kind of think God wants to know you. And you can know him. Would you like to know him? Hey, let's, let's be mates. I don't know if you've ever asked someone to be friends since like primary school, but maybe we should start doing that again. So an Isaiah 61 community has news to share. But let me forward onto our final point, uh, an Isaiah 61 community moves towards the broken. Notice how much of Isaiah 61 is directed towards the struggling and the broken. Let's read the passage one more time. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to do what? To proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. Consider the people groups that this community this mandate is bent towards the poor, the brokenhearted and the wounded, those in captivity, those in prison and darkness. These are the people that God's heart leans towards and the church must move towards. Notice the word sent. He has sent me. We are a sent people stepping into darkness, just like Jesus. Did you know, compassion and justice were two of the most defining characteristics of the life and the ministry of Jesus. His heart was drawn towards the disenfranchised and the marginalized. His days were directed towards the broken 
and the sinful. I love this quote from the brilliant book, Gentle and Lowly by a guy called Dane Ortland. This is what he says. Time and time again, it is the morally disgusting, the socially reviled, the inexcusable and the undeserving who do not simply receive Christ's mercy, but to whom Christ most naturally gravitates. I love that. He moved towards the sick and the infirm. His instinct was to love the lepers and the prostitutes. This isn't just about having a great compassion ministry, although we do, and it's going to keep growing, and we're going to see God do incredible things. But this is about being people who plumb the depths of God's heart and live out his mercy day by day. This isn't just about having a great food bank or or a great grow baby ministry. This is about moving towards those that are under the influence and the curse of the world and being a conduit for the invasion of God's new world and mercy and justice. Jesus didn't just declare the kingdom was at hand. He demonstrated that the kingdom of God was at hand. He actively brought God's rule and reign into our reality. Dane Orland goes on to say this. He says, Jesus Christ's earthly ministry was one of giving back to undeserving sinners their humanity. We tend to think of the miracles of the gospels as interruptions in the natural order, but they're not. Miracles are not an interruption of the natural order, but the restoration of the natural order. We're so used to a fallen world that sickness, disease, pain, and death seem natural. In fact, they are the interruption. And German theologian Jürgen Moltmann says this, when Jesus expels demons and heals the sick, he is driving out of creation the powers of destruction and is healing and restoring created beings who are hurt and sick. The lordship of God to which healings witness restores creation to health. Jesus's healings are not supernatural miracles in a natural world. They are the only true natural thing in a world that is unnatural, demonized and wounded. This was Jesus's heart to make all things new. And this is the heart of an Isaiah 61 community to right every wrong, to gravitate towards those that are hurting, broken, sick, lost, and to share with them the good news of the gospel, but then to demonstrate the gospel by offering to pray for them, feeding those that are hungry, serving those that are broken, the refugees, those that are on the margins of society, going towards the lost and those that are far off and welcoming them home. If we want to be an Isaiah 61 community, we cannot be a church that stands by. We cannot be a people that stand by. Every single one of us, Let's live our lives with eyes wide open, saying to the Holy Spirit, God, what is the anointing that you put on me, leading me towards today in this moment? How can we follow Jesus and not follow him to where he is, which is among these people? This is where he is right now. Let's join him there. Let's live as an Isaiah 61 community. And we got to go after the broken and the hurting. Let me just finish on this quote by a guy called Ronald Rollheiser. What a name. This is what he says. The quality of your faith will be judged by the quality of justice in the land. And the quality of justice in the land will be judged by how the weakest and most vulnerable groups in society, widows, orphans, and strangers fared while you were alive. Church, this is our time. As an Isaiah 61 community, how are we going to live this call out? in our time. We've got to live with the Holy Spirit. 
We've got to recognize we're anointed, but we're also appointed every single one of us day by day, wherever we find ourselves, God is inviting us to step into his story. We have news to share and we have news to demonstrate. We've got to pursue and reach and, and love those that are hurting, those that are far from Jesus, those that are broken, those that are marginalized and lead them home. Thank you for listening to the Whole Vineyard podcast. We would love to connect with you and welcome you home to church. To find out more, go to wholevineyard.co.uk forward slash connect. And stay up to date with all that is going on in the life of our church. Go to wholevineyard.co.uk forward slash church news and sign up for our weekly mailing. Thanks for listening. We hope to see you soon.